Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. Ladies of Magnificat, good morning. And welcome to all of you coming from east and west and north and south. But we all know how we all got here today. It's the power of the Holy Spirit who calls us to give honor and praise and thanks to God and to beg for the power of his grace so that like Mary and Elizabeth, we may never lose the enthusiasm of taking forth the good news and the presence of Jesus himself. Well, my dear sisters in Christ, I, I got to tell you how excited I am to have you here with us in, in our diocese. And you know, appropriately so, you know, it was back in the 1960s, the late 1960s, that the charismatic renewal began in our diocese. And your presence here today helps us to recall what happened at that moment, what's happening with all of you in this conference, at what needs to happen to all of us every single day, that we have to be inspired and empowered by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And boy, I'll tell you what, you spread that news, not only here at this gathering, but in every one of the dioceses that you you represent, north, south, east, and west. And so I know that you want to join with me in thanking our brother priests who are here today. They've traveled a distance because, motivated by the Spirit, they want to support you. I know that you want to thank, in a very special way, our Bishop David, Bishop Toops, as he leads the people of Beaumont, but as he serves as a spiritual advisor to Magnificat all throughout the country. I've known Bishop David uh, long before he was ordained a, a bishop. And I can tell you, he is a powerhouse of God's grace. And speaking of powerhouses of God's grace, I'm so, so proud of Father Tom Sparacino, who's the spiritual advisor to our own chapter of Magnificat here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. It was back uh, on May 31st of this year that we uh, marked uh, our 22nd anniversary of our establishment. And isn't it beautiful that we could gather here today on the eve of the 42nd anniversary of Magnificat, which began in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And thanks to, to Bishop Stanley Ott and to Archbishop Philip Hannon, who really blessed that endeavor. And look what has happened since those days. And we are all blessed. And so thank you again for being here. As I prayed over that magnificent moment shared with us by the gospel writer Luke, the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, I couldn't help but be invited by the Holy Spirit to share a story with you that I shared with our faithful last weekend. It's a story that is both apropos and necessary for our own times. It's a story that is both apropos and necessary as our Holy Father and the Synod delegates 
are gathering together in Rome. And it's most appropriate as an inspiration to all of you. And it's a story about our arch enemy, the devil. And the devil gathered together in his conference room with uh, some of his flunkies. And the devil was pretty upset. He was upset because the power of God appeared to be spreading. And the devil wanted to stop the good news of God's love. And so he said, I've run out of ideas about what to do to stop the power of God. And so I want to look out to you if you can give me some suggestions of what we can do to convince people to not listen to God. And so one of the minor devils raised his hand and he said, you know what, I've got an idea. Let's go to the earth and let's tell people that God exists. Let's tell them their faith is for naught because there is no such one as a God. And the devil said, well, thank you for your suggestion, but that is not going to work because people know there is a God. All throughout the world, people proclaim that God exists. He created the world and people know it. So your suggestion, while it was a nice one, it ain't going to work. The second devil said, well, I have an idea. Why don't we uh, just go to people and confirm what's true, that everybody who's there is a sinner? And because they're sinners, they got to know that they're all going to hell. There's no such thing as hope in heaven. And the devil said, well, that's a nice suggestion, but that's not going to work. Because people are so convinced by the power of what Jesus did on the hill of Calvary. How he stretched out his arms to forgive everybody. And how much they have come to know uh, through Jesus that sins can in fact be forgiven. And so, yeah, they do know there's a hell, but they also know there's a heaven. And the third devil raised his hand and said, well, i got a great idea. Let's go to the earth and let's convince people that there is a God. And they should believe in him. And let's go to the earth and let's convince people that what Jesus did on the hill of Calvary was real and that their sins can be forgiven. And let's go to the people and convince them that the good news of Jesus is something that should be advanced. But not today or not tomorrow or not next week or not next month or not next year. Let's tell them to put off to the side All of those things. And Satan said, great idea. Let's go to earth. Let's get to work. Seems to me that we see the effects of that kind of influence on the part of Satan. We just heard a passage from the prophet in the Old Testament, from Baruch, who speaks about the people who are in exile. And the people begin to realize as they are in exile, in a sense, how they got there. How in a very particular way they followed along with Satan and and, and all of his flunkies as they didn't really believe in the covenant that God established with them. Or if they believed in it, they put it aside. They didn't take seriously the power of what God was asking them, in fact, to do. And then a very particular way the plan of Satan worked with and for them. 
But what a contrast we find in the gospel that we have heard and in both Mary and Elizabeth. Notice something about the beginning of that journey from Mary to Elizabeth. She learns that she is with child, with the Messiah. She learns her cousin Elizabeth is also with child, and she does not delay the need to go over a rather difficult terrain to be there with her cousin. And not only to, so that they could, in fact, enjoy each other's company, but that they could, in fact, support each other. Both of these women, whose state we celebrate in that gospel passage, were, in fact, recipients of the promise of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know what happened as a result of that. We're here today because of John the Baptist calling people to be prepared for the coming in the presence of the Messiah. We're here today because Mary said yes to God and no to Satan. As I've been thinking about the reality of that story about Satan and his in his flunkies, as I think about the story of Mary and Elizabeth, I think about all of you and the personality to make Magnificat what it is. And there's five important elements. Meal, fellowship, praise, personal testimony, and intentional prayer, petitional prayer for others. And isn't it so beautiful that those five important elements of your personality really are a part of the meeting between Mary and Elizabeth? You can be darn sure that shortly after Mary arrived on the scene, they had to have a meal and enjoy each other's uh, taste buds. (laughs) you got to know, as we in fact heard it, there was the fellowship that was there. It was that fellowship that caused Mary to travel that distance. We know from what Mary already proclaimed through the Gospel Luke that they were praising the Lord for what was happening even if they didn't understand exactly where it was going to take them. We know that both of them were able to give the personal testimony of their own love for God, which not only inspired them, but everybody else who've heard about that story. And we got to know that long after... Mary gave birth to John the Baptist, and long after Jesus gave birth to Mary, they supported each other in prayer. And that, my ladies, is a gift that you share with Mary and Elizabeth, with and for each other, and for the church. I don't think there'd be anybody in this gathering here today, this blessed gathering today, this magnificent gathering today, who doesn't realize how much the church needs you, me, and all of us to not follow along with the wacky ideas of Satan and to postpone the lived experience of our faith. The world in which we live today 
the world in, that we know today, in fact, needs. You as Magnificat and all of us as followers of Jesus to make sure there is not a single second of delay about living, celebrating, sharing faith, and supporting each other together today as we celebrate what it means together and what it means for all of you to be as a group of faithful believers these days. May we, like Mary, truly give praise to the Lord in our thoughts, words, deeds, and intentions. God bless you all, and may you always feel the power of God's Holy Spirit who has brought you here today and the power of the Holy Spirit who seeks to bring us all to God's kingdom in heaven. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.